The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Good Morning New York. It is Tuesday, September 8th, and I'm your host, Vince Rocco. We are coming to you live from Blast Off Studios in New York as, as usual, and I'm looking at the full panel today in front of me Ooh. in the studio. Wow, it's been so long. back together. I know. <laughs> it's back to school day. Isn't that something? I was behind I'm so many school buses. I'm wearing my backpack. Buses. Did you see? We <laughs> saw that. Bright and orange. I'm going to the gym every day. And Rachel, you look quite oh, beautiful, ha, ha. actually. Look at that gorgeous oh, dress. Yeah. Yeah. Colorful. Yeah. Yeah. went to the gym every day in August. Yeah. Every day. Congratulations. Yeah. It was hard. I had a great motivator friend. I was just going to say, I think Vince's yeah. motivation for That's all right. of us. Yes. And gearing up for Still a great September, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, back to school, literally, I was behind so many school buses today. No taxi ran today, but school bus ran. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, West End Avenue now is single lane because of all these, you know, accidents over there. But uh, And it was like... 30 minutes to get from where I live to here. It was craziness. Anyway, I saw that Instagram post you had the other day about <laughs> it's just a selfie and it's, it said yes. taxi cab uh, don't make me rant. Yes, yes. Oh, I forgot about that yeah. one. What's the story to that? We had two near misses in, in like a 10 minute ride. Oh, two man. near misses like this close to the guy. Were you wearing your seatbelt? No. <laughs> So this is the big okay. thing. My doctor says to me every single time, nothing about blood, nothing about urine, nothing about anything. But he says, do you wear your seatbelt in cabs? No. That's what he cares well, about. He cool. said, actually, there's a lot of injuries yes. from cabs. Look, that they, that you know what? You were behind the last the one with the gentleman yeah, that isn't with us any longer. Remember that? What? He didn't have a seatbelt on, and they got yes. in a wreck, and he's gone. He's so, gone, sir, the newsman, right. I know. Well, well, my phone fell out of my hand. As That's the kids how. say, WTF, Vince, <laughs> <laughs> had to start it off on a good foot. I love it. I forgot about that one. I did. I was behind that guy. Oh, my God, that was awful. Anyway, yeah. let's get to some news items so we can continue our chat about real estate. Actress, <laughs> singer, and Broadway legend Liza Minnelli sold her Imperial House co-op on the Upper East Side for $8.4 million, according to property records filed with the city last Tuesday. Uh, she sold the 21st floor apartment at 150 East 69th Street to buyers Robert Beyer and Lauren Pack, according to property records, and that deal closed on August 6th. Legal representatives involved in the transaction could not be reached for comment. A spokesman for uh, Manelli did, though, confirm the deal happened. Uh, sad story. Details of developer Sean Lutwick's alleged drunken drive along Sag Harbor's notoriously winding roads that ended in the death of his friend, Paul Hansen, are coming into focus more clearly. Ludwig, head of Black House Development here in the city, spent the night drinking with Hansen in Southampton, according to media reports. Prosecutors say that Ludwig crashed his Porsche into a telephone pole on Rolling Hill Court East in Sag Harbor on the corner in front of Hansen's home. 
Hansen's body was ejected onto the road where the defendant left the scene and proceeded to drive away. News outlets report that Ludwig pulled the partially ejected Hansen from the car, dumped him outside, and threw his wallet into the woods before driving off on shredded wheels. Oh, Oh my God. Police found Ludwig standing outside his torn-up car with a strong odor of alcohol. Police then followed a trail of motor oil back to the scene of the accident and found the body of Hansen, a Sag Harbor broker for Douglas Elliman. Everyone seems shocked that Ludwig could do something so terrible as to just leave his friend to die. This according to a source close to the uh, victim's family. Ludwig was arrested and charged with DWI and leaving the scene of a fatal accident. He's being held on $1 million bond and charges could be upgraded to vehicular homicide. Absolutely Mm. unbelievable that this can happen. Uh, Yeah, terrible, terrible. Anyway, ABC News legal analyst Dan Abrams is taking to the courts with a lawsuit against his Greenwich Village condo board after a block proposed changes to Abrams' properties at the building. The 49-year-old former Nightline anchor claims board members have refused to let him combine his two apartments at 148-150 Waverly Place and fought him over renovating an outside gate and garden. The $2 million suit filed last Monday in Manhattan Supreme Court also claims the same board members who have denied Abrams have been permitted to make extensive renovations to their own units without any substantial board review or objection. This is according to the New York Post. Shockingly inconsistent. Isn't that something? I wish you could see Rachel's face. That's tongue in cheek, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of board stories. Queens may not be the new Manhattan or even yet the new Brooklyn, but with luxury condominium units in Long Island City fetching upwards of $5 million, maybe it doesn't have to be. The owner of the borough's most expensive listing, a penthouse at 4630 Center Center Boulevard, accepted an offer for the deluxe three-bedroom unit, which features a wraparound terrace and cathedral ceilings. The apartment was asking $5.4 million, but the expected sale price was not disclosed to the New York Daily News. The high price remains an anomaly in Queens, where the median apartment price was just $385,000 in the second quarter of 2015, according to recent reports. The spotlight is once again on New York City's ubiquitous, iconic fire escapes following the tragic death of actor Kyle Jean-Baptiste, a rising Broadway star who recently had the lead role in Les Mis. On August 28th, the 21-year-old performer fell from a fourth-floor fire escape on an apartment in Bedford-Stuyvesant. Police have determined that his accident was, in fact, his death, rather, was, in fact, an accident. According to a recent column written, though, this tragedy occurred because not enough attention is given to the dangers inherent in sitting on fire escapes. A fire escape should be an escape from fire. It shouldn't be an escape from indoor living. On the heels of that, window washing probably isn't something you ever really thought of as potentially beautiful, but Chris Taylor, the Spider-Man of window cleaners, according to Curb, turns it into a sort of dance in a mesmerizing self-made video where he goes to work on the Greenwich Hotel. <laughs> Taylor has been watching windows professionally. I know, I read this and laughed out loud. I want to see the video. Yeah, me too. I was just thinking. <laughs> it's online. Taylor has been watching windows professionally for 20 years and explains that he loves his job because he gets to hang around New York City <laughs> and that he's not really worried about falling. He has an independent safety line and uh, his ropes are tested for up to 10,000 pounds. Window washing in New York City, of course, is on like window washing anywhere else in the country, uh, only here in New York. And finally, after years of delays, the newest station on the number seven subway line is scheduled to open next month. The Metropolitan Transportation Authority said the 34th Street Hudson Yard station will debut on September 13th. The line will extend from its current terminus at Times Square to 11th Avenue on Manhattan's far 
West Side. The MTA, the one wow. point, yeah. says it's, the it's one point five. Wow. It's actually happening. That it's is. actually happening. The one point five million extension will be the only subway line south of 59th Street to provide service west of 9th Avenue, wow. and Manhattan's far west side is undergoing a major redevelopment with the construction of the 28 acre Hudson Yards project uh, of residential housing. So, ka-ching, ka-ching. I was just going to yeah. say that you read my mind. Ka-ching, ka-ching. I want to buy something by Port Authority. Talk about perfect timing. <laughs> You'd have to do better than a subway. <laughs> well, this just begs the question because we've mm-hmm. talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Here's, oh, here's hey. time to be investing in the far west 30s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now that the train line goes, why not? I have to tell you, I rented an apartment to a renter last year who was moving here from out of town, and the, right? Across the street from Port Authority. And he wanted specifically to be there because he wanted to see, will I feel comfortable living here before I buy or not? I was thinking that's very smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes perfect sense yeah, to me. you got to give yeah. uh, Glenwood yeah. credit. I think they, they got that building. Emerald Green, is it called? Yeah. yeah. Emerald yes. 38. And that, yeah. I remember they did like 10 years ago, and it was like, yep. what? what? It was just yeah. in the middle of nowhere, and now it looks like it, just genius, you know? But Yeah. Yeah. Like everything else, everybody says no, 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 and then something happens, and all of a sudden it's yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah. who would think that that neighborhood of all, I mean, we've gentrified pretty much every neighborhood in the city, but who would imagine the far west 30s I mean it's not even pretty looking yeah right? no. it's not much going on there other than old commercial buildings and garmento businesses garment district rather so uh, it doesn't uh, take much though to change a neighborhood I so. think the garment district is really cool and that's going to be next there's a there's of course. the garment district is awesome of course. the archi- architecturally speaking yeah. it's one of my favorite hoods in the city it's got some work to be done but those units Mm-hmm. You know the the lofts. Well, that are I, now there is so much on the lofts, market that often. That there is, I know, I know. There really isn't much on the market. It'll be interesting to watch what's going to happen. Yeah. There. There's a couple things in development in that, I was in that area. Just going to say, Some incredible maybe, ones: a, a condo and looking. two rental buildings, or something. Yeah, Ooh, well, yeah. There's actually on 30th and 5th. There's yeah. a huge condo going yep. up, like a big. Like a high rise, like almost uh, like one Mad Park, yeah, or one Madison. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I showed in the spring. I showed a huge. Oh my! It must have been five thousand square foot loft, and it was priced really nicely. It was only two point three or two point four. Yeah, I in mean, that it needed, area. Yeah, in that area on thirty thirty. I want to say thirty seventh Street. Was it really cluttered? Yeah, I think I think I showed that too. Wow! <laughs> yeah. yeah, it went on yeah. forever. It was all yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. I showed that before. And all the gentlemen lived there. I mean, yeah. It was beautiful yeah. space. I mean, yeah. you needed yeah. a lot of money to yeah. to bring that place up to. Was this the one that was mid block? I think yes. so. There was there were sure not, yeah, there were yes. not windows in the middle. We all so show this lock. Isn't that something? <laughs> we all seize it when it happens. It so was funny. huge. It was yeah. like two apartments. It was like the whole floor, I think. Yeah. It was just yeah. unbelievable. It was just the only downside was there were really no windows in the middle of the right. apartment. No. So front, the, the exactly. Which is typical. It was all yeah. front yeah. with that little typical. terrace so, in the front. Yeah. That little outdoor space in the front. Yeah. It was really kind of a nice place. If you really put lots of hundreds of thousands of dollars into that place, you could make it a nice home. It was beautiful. Beautiful. So how was everybody's summer? I mean, we talked a little bit about it last week, but we're all back from vacation. I think Phil got tan. larger. Are you taller after you broke your foot? No. You uh, are uh, sitting up straight. I'm a few years, so maybe I got like You definitely got <laughs> He's listening to Ivy Ray, sitting posture is great. <laughs> He's t- you're yes. totally great posture. I've been watching right. you. Well, I don't have a back cool. Well, there's so no back on there, so it's so. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's well-rested, and I, I was joking before, back to school, but I mean, here we are, yeah. back to school, and back to fall, and the start of a, a very brief season um, uh, coming up, because we have some holidays in September, and then October, November, usually busy, and then we slow down from Thanksgiving to Christmas, and into the new year, into January, but 
you know, I have my roller skates waiting for, you know, the next couple of weeks into yeah. November. Hopefully it's going to be as busy as it usually is and mm-hmm. we'll do some nice I fall business. I think it's an important note to the listening audience that our year, our business year as brokers ends in October, really mm, November right. mm-hmm. 1st, because anything really is, takes two to three months to close and yep. then you're in the next year. So right. for brokers, we're already planning for the next year. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. And, for don't, sure. Uh, and don't forget, a lot of times in September starts off slowly because the Jewish holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people, so I remember uh, a lot of times I get nervous in September. I'm like, oh my what's gosh, going yeah. on? And then, but, but then you think about it and you really only have like a month, right? right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the first three weeks are really quiet because right. of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur right. the high holidays right. yeah. and yeah. then next thing you know it's Thanksgiving so you really just got like a month between the end of the yeah. Jewish holidays and that's holidays. why like, I like working really really hard Q1 and Q2 so yeah. that the pressure's off in 3 and 4 yeah. oh that's yeah. smart yeah. See, yeah. for me usually September to December is my busiest Yeah, almost mm-hmm. every year it really is mm-hmm. so I don't even think from what's going to close this year to next year I'm just like you you just, I'm just going you just at go. it right. I just that's go. how I do I it too I just go yeah mm-hmm. though I think it's cool not only in the brokerage community but a lot of people that you know, obviously worldwide or not worldwide in the United States and where else do they do this? You guys can tell me. But, you know, the 31st of December is, you know, the next day is the beginning of the new year. But for many people, more and more, fall is it. You reassess. At least this is what I do. Mm-hmm. I reassess completely in the fall. Me too. I look at what I'm doing mm-hmm. in my life. Absolutely. I get rid of what mm-hmm. isn't good. Mm-hmm. I uh, I tend to begin new projects at this point. Me I, too. You know, it all, this Me is too. my new year. I and a agree. lot of New Yorkers roll the same way a lot of brokers do. But this, mm-hmm. and in the Chinese, you know, in the, the practice that I do and teach and blah, 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 you know, the Chinese time really is the fall. I was okay, going to say so call we, me Jewish because uh, my New Year starts at Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so it, it, I think it's been like that for all of us since yeah. our school days. But anyway, yeah. we are back from summer break, but we have to go to a break. We'll come back <laughs> after these messages. Don't You're go so away. You're so witty. I know. <laughs> Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, real estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we're back. And as I said at the top of the show, we're here with a full panel today in the studio Perul Brombat from Compass, now Lundgren from Compass, Rachel Altshuler from Douglas Elliman, Phil Horrigan, LeaseBreak.com, Ivy Ray, Blue Realty Group, and Deborah Hoffman from Town 
residential. So let's get into some of our topic. It seems like every week a new price record is broken in the top-end condo market, but some potential buyers are choosing to wait it out and pay monthly for condo-like pads at deluxe rental buildings like Thor Equities. Allen House that just came to market. Are we seeing any of this in our individual businesses? For example, people are saying, you know, how much higher can these purchase prices go? I think I'm going to wait it out, either stay in my current rental for a bit or go to one of these deluxe high-rise new rentals because it feels like I'm moving into a condo with the latest and greatest finishes, but yet I'm not paying those condo prices. Are we seeing any of that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And actually, if you have if any of you have not seen Allen House yet, and I'm not saying this because it's a town development. This thing is spectac- <laughs> no, really. Thing. I I have my socks were knocked off, and the first time I got in, I was able to go in when it was still under construction with the hard hat and the waivers and the whole thing. And this is a place with condo finishes, t- ten to twenty foot ceilings. Wow. Oh. The moldings are what's this? Eight to nine inches on the floor. Oh, yeah. Wow! It's the finishes. <laughs> they have this thing in the master bathrooms called a wet room, which I saw in I can't remember which one, but a new condo development mm-hmm. where they have a freestanding tub and a shower next to it yeah. mm-hmm. in yeah. a sealed room. Uh-huh. You don't see this in rentals. No, yeah, not at all. So yeah. it just launched last week, and the broker who's representing it sits near me and we're friendly. So I did go over another few times to see it because I do have some high-end rental people who, as Vince just said, are sitting out the condo market for a year or two just to see what happens, but they want to remain in the neighborhood because their children are in school. These are large apartments. Even the two bedrooms are, I think, 1,200 square feet. They're really big. Wow. It's it's a price price point. Remember their rentals. Um, The price point, I'm trying to remember. Um, I let's see. The three bedrooms are, I think, eleven to fifteen thousand a month. It's not even that much. It's not yeah. that much comparatively That's speaking. Yeah, really it's not. Well, I mean, I think Thor's being really smart because I mean, why wouldn't you hold on to a property like that and collect the rent roll and then sell it down the line someday? Or just hold on to it because it's a beautiful building. It's a win-win anyway because it is is a beautiful building and he can capitalize on, you know, additional cash five years from now if he so chooses. Sell the building with tenants or vacant. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was thinking of um, Ivy the second time I was there when it was more finished in a very positive way. It's a very downtown Soho feel because the building Mm -hmm. was three brownstones that were put together. You can't tell that. But when they pulled apart the walls – they found there was a lot of um, cast iron in the skeleton. Oh, yeah, mm. sure. And it's a low-rise building. Mm. How gorgeous. It's, I think it's six feet tall, and there's six no doorman. Six, six, six stories. Six stories. Must be at least three times bigger. <laughs> it's Monday, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday. Tuesday. It's the summer. It's the summer. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's a very uh, Soho-feeling building. There's no doorman. There's a virtual doorman. But it does cool. have a couple amenities. And the one thing like I said, I'll, you must go see it because I think this is going to be not just Thor, but I think it's going to be a way exactly yeah. developers that bought smaller parcels during the downturn. We that talked had about money. this a couple That's of months right. ago with boutique buildings really becoming yeah. the cra the, the 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 wave, I think, of the the future development. I mean, high skyscrapers will always be, but I think these boutique medium sized mm-hmm. buildings now, even on the rental side, are more in line with some of the neighborhoods, like like the West Village, for example. Um, so you're going to be seeing a lot of that. And of course, mm-hmm. this is a city where um, everybody wants what isn't 
what like is readily available. So now that there's so many towers, people are going to want to go back to the charm of the smaller you boutiques took for sure. It right out of my brain. <laughs> it's a smart move on everybody's yeah. part. Because people are towered out, mm-hmm. and people are always by the towers, <laughs> mm-hmm. but people that have never, maybe aren't even from New York, that want to live in a loft-like, real sort of yeah. classic New York uh, thing. Absolutely. And the one thing I wanted to add to Deborah's uh, sort of comments was that there's a specific buyer. There's a specific buyer slash non-buyer who then is going to opt for something that is like this, that is a high-end rental mar- in the higher-end rental market. Um, in my experience, it's been finance guys. Hands down, the hedge fund stockbrokers, mm-hmm. the people who focus more on shorter term investments versus <laughs> even private equity people who focus on longer term investment. What they see is they're always thinking the real estate market is going to be the sky's falling, and every they are always thinking it's a bubble. Whereas you know they're focused on the smaller ta- like smaller turn returns, and uh, they're thinking my money is better off in the stock market. Until, of course, the market crashes and then they start reevaluating. But until then, and even a couple years after, you know, their mindset always goes back to the, to the quick investments. So these sorts of buildings are perfect for that, that non-buyer. And that's a perfect segue because my next um, comment was going to be, this month marks the seventh anniversary of the 2008 Wall Street meltdown and of the dramatic uh, days that saw the well. global financial system teetering on the brink, okay? So those were nerve-wracking times for sure. We all lived mm-hmm. through it. We are all still here, so we've done something right. Anyway, <laughs> last month's wild gyrations of the stock market fueled by concerns about the Chinese economy served as a reminder of all of those days in the past. So how is the New York marketplace at the moment on the heels of this Chinese meltdown, and are there fears of a repeat of the 2008 um, <clears throat> timeframe? And, and Perul just, you know, uh, mentioned uh, investor types, the Wall Street types, you know, the financial types that would sometimes believe that the real estate market is about to crash just because they want to, I think, and keep their money in stocks and bonds and in other investments. So w- what is the the feeling or the flavor out there in the New York marketplace right now based on the Chinese meltdown? You know, I want to say that, and I'll just kind of throw a hat in the middle with a couple ideas because I am so not an expert here. Um, but I, I think we would all agree that what happened, did you say seven years ago? <laughs> uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Seventh anniversary. Yeah. That was yeah, like a right? blink, blink of an eye. Whoa. Yeah. So anyway, largely self-inflicted, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, so is. now where we stand now is you know, more from a perspective of what's occurring globally. Mm -hmm. But if I could bring up what we've done in the United States in terms of importing and exporting innovation and our own production in terms of giving everything over, Mm -hmm. we are so far from what it is that in the beginning that made us a superpower. And it certainly seems in my limited kind of everything that we're on a really sweet trajectory to ensure that we don't remain that. We, we've just got so much going on outside of ourselves, and we're allowing everyone else to innovate, and we're not producing our own products anymore. They're all over the world for, you know, tiny bits. And, and so when I speak to friends of mine that are, you know, very high up in this, this is one of the things that sort of comes out all the time. We're doing everything that would ensure that we don't remain even from a perspective of an illusion, uh, a country that's doing all right. The good or bad? Well, it's it's horrible. I'm sorry if I'm not being clear because there's so much to talk about. 
and and I and I don't want to take the table and there's so much I can't talk about because I'm not an expert. But I'm just putting in, you know, think about it. We don't we don't produce our own goods anymore. We've outsourced almost everything. And our importing and our export you what? Well, you know okay, what? I, I I would actually say that, you know, it's just a different it's a different relationship to the world. Um, and I agree that it may not be necessarily a superpower position from the point of view of are we doing stuff inland in the U.S. as much. But I think that it's a more interdependent system versus what used to be a very hegemonic system, like mm-hmm. where we were the power, you know, the USS Russia was the power. And, you know, and then there was all this sort of like black and white sort of you know, it was almost like, I hate to say this, but the Republicans and the Democrats. So now we need to change into a more interconnected system within the country. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that there is a global economy. I just think the drivers are different as a result of it. I don't think it's necessarily good or bad. Hmm. And even superpowers like us and here in the United States get into trouble like in 2008, uh, self-inflicted, as you Mm -hmm. you said, Ivy, because, you know, Mm -hmm. we do things that we shouldn't do. The banking industry back in those days really did melt down here for, you know, naughty things and shenanigans that uh, we don't need to get into at the moment. But, you know, so we've learned from that. But from a global perspective, you know, when the rest of the world seems to be in trouble, you know, my concern here for the New York marketplace is how does that going to, how is that going to affect us ultimately? Because ultimately we do get affected. We may recover, you know, quickly, but, you know, we will get affected somehow. So does it really, you know, does it really, you know, hurt real estate or is it just just going to level things off again? But I was just thinking back to the downturn and I had one of my best years ever in 2009. Me too. Which was the heart of it. But why? The majority of my sellers were people who worked for international corporations, big conglomerates. And because their companies were shrinking and downsizing a little, these people had to move back to whatever countries they were from. And they're not countries we're thinking about. It was Hungary. It was mm. Poland. It was, mm. And that's where a lot of – they were big U.S. companies, but they had branches there. What I thought was nice, though, what may affect us now in a kind of skewed way – is it opened up the housing market because these were not super high-end condos. These were all co-ops, and they were co-ops under a million. And it was opening it up more for people who have been sitting on the sidelines dying to buy, but there was nothing around, and they were able to find something. And I had bidding wars in 2009. Yeah, 2009 and 2010 were interesting years, and I think what I learned out of that experience Mm -hmm. was that I figured out, you know, in those days who the real buyers were, who the real sellers were. Because if you were doing any kind of real estate transaction in those two years, uh, 9, 10, and a little into 11, mm-hmm. you really had to and you were really uh, in need of. Uh, it's helped me now today weed out the not serious buyer or the not serious seller. And I learned that through the the wild times. I also had two very good years. 2009 and 2010 almost felt guilty because a lot of my friends were not doing so well and I just thought well you know why is this happening and also by the way I was in a new development building Mm -hmm. that was selling like crazy Mm -hmm. and no one could understand that so you know you learn you learn through these these trials and these tribulations especially in the markets but I'm just curious because you know a lot of friends of mine say oh I'm sure you know within the next two to three months the real estate market here in New York City is going to take a hit based on you know global things and we talk so much on this program about the uber wealthy, the global buyers. We really price today from a global perspective. Mm-hmm. Everything here in town is priced for the global rich person, not necessarily the domestic, you know, 
people here who live in the city and, and can afford it. So that's what begs the question, you know, what, what really is going to happen, you know, in the next couple of months if if these buyers aren't really going to be readily available. But, but then I read, you know, just the other day that the Chinese market, again, uh, is uh, people are flocking here to New York mm-hmm. and are now mm-hmm. spending even more money yeah. than they mm-hmm. were all this past year where they were very big in investing here in New York. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like... Yeah, we were sides. talking about this last week. That's what happens yeah. when their currency is, is, continues to devalue. So mm-hmm. especially in the government in China mm-hmm. is encouraging individuals to invest their cash abroad. Mm-hmm. You know, And when you look at all of the global marketplace, you look at what's happening in China, you look at what's happening in the Middle East, mm-hmm. you know, and then you look at America, we, we are doing well. And, mm-hmm. and we are in New York City, which is one of the top cities and most safe cities uh, investment uh, from an investment standpoint, mm-hmm. not only in America, but globally. Yes. And also, um, you know, the pound is really strong. Correct. So I was just, uh, mm-hmm. I just had breakfast with a friend of mine who is actually on television as a as a financial guru um and um it just is one of the smartest people i know and he and i were having this conversation and he said uh real estate prices in london have gone down about 10 15% because the pound is so strong and the chinese currency is devaluing so as a result of that american investments are a lot more attractive just from a from an exchange rate point of view and at these numbers you know when you're investing 1 to 15 to 25 million dollars you know um, that's when you know that little currency exchange becomes a big deal. All right, we have to go to a commercial break. We are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back, segment three. So someone is considering selling their apartment and buying a bigger one. Uh, are there disadvantages in using the same broker to sell their current unit and buy a new one? 
I love this question. I love this question. I think it's mostly advantages, I would think. Well, I agree. well let's talk about advantages Absolutely. and disadvantages. You want to talk about, okay, so we'll, Go ahead. The only, you want to talk about disadvantages first? Whatever. Okay. Uh, let's just say first, it oh. depends on the broker. Right. Yes. I mean, I'll throw, out, all I'll throw out a few things now, now you, you guys. Go, no, you go to you town. Go, no, you guys chime in. I'll just throw out a few things, and there's many, I think, many advantages and only a few disadvantages. Advantages, um, you really are familiar with the timing of both the buy and the sell, which when you're trying to buy and sell something kind of at the same time, as everyone here knows, especially in Manhattan with co-ops and condos, it could be a real headache. So now you're intimately familiar with, okay, when are they selling? What are they buying? And you could help them with tr that transition. Great point. Um, also, another positive for buyers is sometimes you can get a little bit and I hate to say this, guys, but negotiation on the commission. I know there's some brokerage firms out there that if you, if you buy and you sell in the same year, they'll oft, they'll often give you a little bit of a, uh, a negotiation on the commission. So that's an advantage for a you know, client of yours if they're buying and selling in the same year. Um, in terms of, uh, you get, they're looking at me like, why are you never. talking about no, that? No, you know, I've never okay. done that. <laughs> no, I was actually like, whoa, yeah. I do. I've done both side deals so right. often, but I've never actually I've given had a break. That. Yeah. yeah. I've had some managers say, and I kind of looked at it like, you know, let's not be greedy in this business. Like yeah. your, your buyer and your, your client is now buying and selling in the same year. They're spending yeah. a lot of money. Their loyalty is there. They're sure. clearly demonstrating mm -hmm. their loyalty. Why not give them a point? It's case so? by case. I mean, it's case by case. It's yeah. 10 years yeah. in this business. It just has never come up yeah. for me. Like, yeah, right, I, I guess I right. just don't think about negotiating my commission. I just don't. <laughs> I really don't. Well, so. start thinking about it. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Because <laughs> you work uh, very hard and deserve yeah. every penny. I will yeah. say one. That's a good thing. People cave in all too often and for no reason. totally true. I agree with that. Uh, one disadvantage I'll mention is that if, let's just say, someone is selling their place in the financial district and buying a place, let's say, in Hamilton Heights, the broker may not be as familiar with both neighborhoods. So sometimes a client may want to have the loyalty with that broker and, and, and stay with them for the sell and the buy. But the truth is, sometimes the the, the agent may not be as ex, an expert. They may not be as much of an expert in that new neighborhood. So just something to think about. I said that would be the only disadvantage that I could think of. But in today's market, we're sort of experts in a well-rounded sort of way. Most of us, <clears throat> not always. Right. Depends and on a the good agent. Broker, and a good broker will hand off the business and take care of the client and if say, not yeah, and say, you know what, I'm, I really don't know this neighborhood or this market segment that well, so you should, and then refer it out. That's what a good broker does. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all for it. I think that it's a huge advantage, um, mostly because of control. Right. As a broker, we have control over both sides. Mm -hmm. And with boards, it is really sticky. It's very tedious. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the control and the timing, for instance, I'm doing one right now where we're selling um, their apartment. It's a very hard transition because they're putting their kids through college. Mm. They're selling to, to actually put their kids through college. So it's not because they want to move. And they're buying a bank-owned property. Mm. And so it's really complicated. And so we are <coughs> literally down to the wire submitting the package after the board interview. Because yep. when you have that board approval the following day, you then can move forward on the buy side. Yep. Right, so right. it's really tricky. If you're dealing with sponsor units, mm -hmm. not as not as and difficult. also, I would have something to say about loyalty. So, you know, when we have... I was just going to ask that. Go ahead. Yeah, when we have business on both sides and you know that client is putting all their eggs in, the, in a basket with you, the level of responsibility and integrity that you have towards that client and making sure that like every step of their process, like there's an appreciation that comes from us. Um, and also, you know, if... 
I, I think that there's just a relationship that is very different when they're using one broker on both sides of the deal versus two different ones. Plus, mm-hmm. they feel a little bit more protected, you mm-hmm. know, because there's one person who's protecting their interests on on the buy and sell mm-hmm. side versus, mm-hmm. you know, you have yep. if I'm representing somebody who's selling and I have to call the broker and be like, hey, what's going on right now, you know, mm-hmm. with, with your transaction right. because we need to be able to time it up. As Rachel was saying, timing is so important. Timing is cases. everything. Yeah, in these, I think in it's really, it becomes really problematic. I agree with all of you that timing on this kind of thing is critical. And I, this, the term that I've used with you, Vince, is skillfully manipulate, mm. and it, mm-hmm. which is what everyone does in life. There's manipulation has a bad rap. It's what we all do all the time. And the more skillful you are at it, the more successful and happy you are in your life. That's just my bend on that. But if he, with you, if you have another person who doesn't, if the aim is not unified to do everything in the best interest of your clients, sure. then you're screwed. Yeah. Because it is mm-hmm. so damn tricky with timing. And if you're in the middle, if you're on both, you can pull the strings mm-hmm. in either direction yeah. to make mm-hmm. it work exactly. so that yes. things beautifully come out of the wash at the same time. And what no one has said is every buyer and seller together always have that fear of being homeless. Yeah, oh yes, absolutely. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that needed to be said because that's the, the underlying. Fear. Exactly. Because there was, I actually had one uh, case once where the people were moving to the suburbs and the broker was asleep at the wheel. Mm. And they were, through no fault of anything on our side or with their co-op, about to be homeless for three days. Mm-hmm. Three days, sounds like nothing. But if it's a huge 2,000-square-foot apartment going into a house— A monumental headache. It's, it really right. is. Oh, it, my God. It did work out. <laughs> but I, I actually said, you know, I live about seven miles from where you're moving. My kids are gone. We can't take your furniture, but you could move in with us for three days. And I actually, I actually meant it. And I think many of us would do that depending on the circumstances. <laughs> but that's that's the real importance of using the same broker to buy and sell. All right. So let me ask the question here because for the for the benefit of the listening audience. So why would a seller then choose not to work with the same broker to do the buy as well? Why would they go to somebody else? What you know, Because it has happened to all of us, I'm sure. What mm-hmm. is the thinking behind They're, that they decision? They don't realize that that selling broker can actually, it's just uh, being uninformed. They just don't understand that, oh, wait, I'm selling something on the Upper East Side and she can actually represent me on the buy side in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but all of us at this table can do both transactions yes. easily. Yes. If you're an expert, it location does not matter. Yeah. So basically, you know, sell your services mm-hmm. and make sure yeah. that your clients understand question, what you can no and can't do. No matter what, always say, where do you plan on going? And if it's Westchester, hey, get a 25% referral fee. You always ask the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone absolutely. you trust. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. someone you trust. Exactly. Yes, all the time. Yep. And you have to inform them about the yep. importance of both sides working so yeah. beautifully absolutely. well. Or the deal could be botched. Or they'll be homeless. Mm-hmm. I think that's maybe one of the worst nightmares I know of as yep. a broker. When you realize they're not going to get in the building soon enough and they've closed oh. on the other side. Yeah. I was homeless for a week. Furniture. You've got to find them a short-term rental. Mm-hmm. They've got kids. Oh, my God. I was homeless for a week way back before I was a broker, and I had to spend it in a hotel, which wasn't so terrible. But, (laughs) But, you know, that was all because I sold one place, and I was working with the same broker and had to go into the new (laughs) place. But I don't remember the circumstances so long ago, but I I had to spend a week in a hotel. And it it gets to be problematic. It's You're fearful. Was Jet ordering, like, room service? This is way before (laughs) Jet. (laughs) Way before (laughs) Jet. Moving on to rentals. So a client calls you and says, what can I find for $3,500 in New York City today? Anywhere in New York City. Is $3,500 doable? Is it not? Corner of 50th and 
Lexington is yeah. available. <laughs> 3,500 is, uh, <laughs> no, well, 3, is still a great budget. It's actually, yeah, I agree okay. with you. I, mean, I was doing this last it's a, week. It's a, good, yeah, it's a realistic budget for you, sure. Uh, yeah. You can definitely get a one-bedroom in most neighborhoods in Manhattan. Yeah. I mean, I would say even in the West Village, you can get a one-bedroom for 35 mm-hmm. if you're in a walk-up mm-hmm. for sure. You can Some, get, you can somebody get at a this table has a, has a two-bedroom yeah, co-op a, rental yeah. around that I have a two-bedroom on 88th Street and 2nd Avenue. right saw that. When did you get it? I saw that. About a month Great ago, building. oh, and it priced at thirty-seven fifty, dropped it to thirty-six hundred. Fee or no fee? Uh, fee. Mm-hmm. Um, but remember, it's, there's it's, no such it's, thing it's, as a no it's fee. It's huge. It's literally yeah, massive. Exactly. Well, um, but how it's, it's old, advertised it's is really floor. important, though. Yeah. So if you did no fee, thirty-seven fifty, you'd get asking. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So the the way that we did it was was with a fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, we dropped the price. Still hasn't rented, so I have a lot of interest. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a really big apartment. It's in a, on, off Great Second building. Avenue. Condo, it's rental. Right, it's, What's a the it's a co-op. It's a co-op. It's, it's a co-op. So the yeah. application wow. fees are... are yeah, it's, it's not that much. <laughs> it's like 600. It's not that okay. high at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can get... It depends. I mean, but then you go to other neighborhoods like Chelsea and that gets you a studio, right? So it really yeah. depends. Or, or West Village, in, in a luxury absolutely. Building. Yeah, but I, you know, having said that, I think it, for the listening audience that would be considering not using a broker or even using one, and if it doesn't roll out this way, you should get a new broker, mm-hmm. that when you find something, you've got to go that moment. Mm-hmm. It is like no joke. So yeah. I recently, as Vince knows, I don't know if you guys know, I moved from the financial district after being down there for like six years into back home to the West Village. It's my eighth apartment in the West Village, and I'm so happy. But I got for under 35 <gasps> a nice amount, a gorgeous townhome. I'm on it. I have the most extraordinary on one of the best blocks in the I city. love your block yeah that's such a beautiful yeah block. on one of the best you know commonly known as one of the best but when that baby came online <clears throat> I dropped everything I went with no makeup my hair on a ponytail baseball cap on my head met the broker and there was a line and I got it so you've just got to be wow. good you've got to be ready you've got to come with your briefcase filled with all your letters all your you financials did you Cash, did you present you know, your paperwork at the did you, I had everything with me right. I climbed up the ladder because I've got so one of those important. super high ceilings and I've yeah. got one of those and I sat up there with my feet dangling off the edge talking to the broker mm-hmm. and I got the place mm-hmm. I mean you've just got to be you, you know, just bamboozled her I can see she got ivied <laughs> <laughs> You know that's true. No, and then I had everything. And I even had, you know, I had some extenuating circumstances myself. I had all the ideas. I had all the... No, you were prepared. I was completely prepared. So be prepared a month before you go shopping and Mm -hmm. then be prepared to roll out of bed at 11 at night if they say something's like candlelit on the market. (laughs) Like, I had a rent-stabilized apartment in Vince's neighborhood back in the day, and... There was a line out the door. How did I get the apartment? I had $50 in cash. Mm-hmm. They, they required $50 to take it as a deposit. <laughs> Nobody had the cash. <laughs> That's how I got it. Wow. <laughs> There's an angel looking down Be on me prepared. Yeah. Another trick yeah. to that is always carry a check on you. I, I learned that when I was yeah. starting out They wouldn't out take business. a check. It well, had the, to be cash. Cash is good, but mm-hmm. always have a check, too. Mm-hmm. You never know. A check it, is backup. Yeah, Explain that, that a little bit because that's very important when in the I, rental guy. When I was a rental broker, when I started out as a rental broker, uh, my, my manager told me to always carry a check on you. For example, in the financial district, there'd be a number of buildings that have a lot of availability or in the, um, they, a lot of them are no fee down there, right? So you, they have, uh, what is it? Uh, drawn a blank about it. But you have the, the, the check 
And if there's an application on the apartment already, but they don't have the check or application fee given, you can give that to reserve your spot. A lot of times, just having an application, an application fee will take the apartment off the market mm-hmm. in those yes. buildings in the financial district. So having that available, like I've done two or three deals where the client didn't have it and I just pull my check out, I'd write it and write for them to get the apartment off the market to reserve it for us. And then we'd go right to the bank and then they'd pay me back. So <laughs> just being prepared as a broker and being prepared as a renter is really important. I'm with you. I had extenuating circumstances in terms of the date. So my place was available two weeks after I was out of my own place. And I had, there were all kinds of people in line, but the broker liked me a lot. And I had a check. And he said, if you give me a month's rent as deposit, just to hold, you can see if you can work this out. You've got till Monday. Yeah. And because I had that, and there were people waiting on the street in line, but uh, the check saved me. And where'd you go for two weeks? I actually negotiated it all over the place. I stayed where I was. I, Couch you know, surfing. I, Skillful I just, manipulation. I it, in her blood. it is in her blood. All right, yep. we're, we're going to break. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. It was so stressful. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, real estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. We are back in our last segment, and I wanted to ask... It's been more than a decade since Sex and the City went dark, but some things never changed. New York City is still a city for singles. And, of course, this is all related to real estate. That's why we're bringing it up. According to data Match.com sent over from their 2014 Singles in America study, most New Yorkers remain perpetually single, whether or not by choice, and treat dating like a competitive sport that's more Hunger Games than dating games. Why is this still such a singles town? What's yeah. that about? Why don't you lead off, Vince? Are you single? I am single. All right. You go. <laughs> I, I, I think, it, all right, good question. Um, yeah. I think the reason um, for me and, uh-huh. and maybe several others is because when you live in this urban jungle, and I say that with, with love and passion in my heart, you get so connected to your career. You get so connected to work. You get so connected to the hustle and bustle lifestyle that you know somewhere along the line you kind of forget about what may be important to you or what you what other things you may need in your life <clears throat> dating yes 
dating someone, you know, exclusively, no. So I, I sort of get when I was reading the story, <clears throat> excuse me, I sort of get why people get stuck in that quagmire of, you know, in and out of relationships or not in a relationship and, and just focus on work and focus on careers and focus on everything else but the important things. So in your family circle, in your friend circle, in your client circle, do you see a lot of this? I mean, I I, I tend to deal with a lot of buyers and sellers who are single. I mean, there, there's a lot of yeah. couples out there, but a lot but of you single know what, people. Frankly, I think it's a paradox of choice. <clears throat> I think it's a paradox of choice in this town in the sense that I think there's this mentality of, well, I like this person, but as soon as it gets to that point of real relationship building where there's going to be arguments, there's going to be things to compromise on, there's things to to understand on a deeper level, and it's not just all roses and champagne and dinners. And at that point... It's not. Well, it is, actually. <laughs> but, you know, if you do it right, it is. Okay. Um, but the thing is, is that... Um, right, Rachel? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Same brain. Exactly. But the thing is, is that um, I, I think that a lot of times instead of building through those those important moments and really opening up, people say, oh, well, maybe there's just something else that's better out there. Like, oh, well, or, or it's like she's, you know... Five foot seven and curvy versus five eleven and tall, straight and blonde. I mean, that you have those optionalities in this town so easily <clears throat> that it's a paradox of choice. Instead of saying, "Oh my God, this amazing, beautiful woman or man is willing to be with me," absolutely, and just focusing in and building mm. something, people are always looking for the the type of personality syndrome, right? Looking mm. for the next best thing around the corner, mm. like an apartment. I was about to choices. say the same thing, Deborah. I always like think about. I call it. You you know the the looking over your shoulder syndrome, yeah. and yeah, the, yeah. the, the whoever yeah. said it. Oh Same thing with apartment yep. buyers; yeah. they mm-hmm. always are fearful that, that I can't I make a choice. But this is New York City; there are hundreds of apartments available. At some point, you just have to pick. At some point, you're the broker, and you're like, "All right, we need to pick right now." I wish she was a little bit taller. Well, I wish there was an extra half bath. It's so and I say it all the time when somebody's struggling. I say it's just like dating, and I ended up marrying someone shorter than me and I always say this and it helps them make that decision <laughs> because so I missed mm-hmm. out on a lot of opportunities because I thought he wasn't tall enough uh-huh. or whatever and, and it worked out because I found my soulmate but we always who, think who marry someone shorter as a woman that's like yeah. never happens yeah. yeah but I don't see that with you two anyway it doesn't well, he's so yeah. big in personality yeah it doesn't <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't realize how shorter than I didn't you. either I didn't yeah, yeah. So, I didn't yeah. either yeah. she's not wearing six inch heels that's yeah. right oh, he'd yeah. come up to your like thyroid it's true like Nicole yeah, she, never wore, she never wore heels yeah. with Tom Cruise. You know, I want to say something, and Go it's going to stream on what both of you said. So I'm in agreement with both of you, and then I will kind of tag on where you didn't go that likely had you kept talking, you, I think you probably <laughs> would have, is that on top of it being this the endless array of possibility like a damn conveyor mm-hmm. belt in New yeah. York City, I find, you know, that's kind of shallow. <laughs> and, and that, But that is the way that a lot of people roll. But I think anyone that's intelligent, and even anybody that's not and isn't seasoned and isn't more mature is realizing in order to go in, you really unearth yourself and your life. And this is kind of going where you were probably going to go. People are afraid. And mm-hmm. it, well, I, I'm not going to psychologically take people yeah. apart. Of course, people are always afraid to come undone. And to, but mm-hmm. since we live in a city where it is so competitive, where we are such high rollers, where there is so much on the line, sometimes every damn day of the week, you keep putting off 
the season where you'll actually really allow yourself to build mm-hmm. something with somebody. And so that's kind of the disease in New York. Mm-hmm. And even people that have, that love being coupled, and even people that do relationship well and realize this is one of the greatest things in their life that they have, that they're looking forward to someday, keep putting it off because it's a big deal. Yeah, and one day you wake up you and you realize in, though, it was if you've five been years since the last times, time you're in a real relationship. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly you realize, right. Oh my it's God, a, it's I haven't been deal. in three years. How the hell did that happen? Yeah. But you're just taking on what comes every day yeah. versus sort of a maybe better sort of perspective is that it's all going to work out. Yeah. And you multitask all over life. So multitask with love. You yeah. know, it's like, like you know, go ahead and go in it. if you meet someone that there's a possibility for. But it's kind of a disease here. Mm-hmm. And so, I think fear of commitment is an important well, point with real estate and with yes. relationships, yeah, absolutely. too. Absolutely. There's, uh, there's fact, such the a tie. Two, the two there's are such a tie there. Exactly. They're both yeah. psychologically exactly the same, I think. I, think so too. I have, all been I have single that, clients yes. who, if they're buying from an investment point of view, it's very easy for them. Mm-hmm. I have money. I want to shelter it. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. I'm going to pinpoint five properties. I'm yep. going to pick one. But yeah. then the ones that are buying from an emotional point of view mm-hmm. they struggle with it like I have this one friend and uh, slash client as they usually are, usually are and she's struggling because she's like well what if I get in a relationship one day and then mm-hmm. I, have, oh. I have a studio or a small <laughs> one if, bedroom and it's like you uh, can't plan and you know what if you buy an apartment you'll probably fall in love tomorrow yeah exactly that's how, yeah. Exactly. That's how the and universe that that's how yes. so I say test drive Yes. Test drive a home, live buy it, sell live it if you don't like the neighborhood, actually, if you don't. Test drive relation. Go in, man. And there's, there's just a Move bigger in. point. There's just, jump in. Go yeah. out <laughs> if it doesn't work. There's, the women are, like, are totally yeah. taking it. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Here's a bigger point. Here's a larger point. Yeah, here's a larger point, though. The larger point is this. It's like we always look and say, like, this person has so much money or this person is so beautiful or I wish I had what they have in some way, shape, or form. But we take one single isolated variable out of somebody else's life and covet that. And when we date, you know, if we're these serial daters, we have to ask ourselves, like, are we looking at, you know, cherry picking mm-hmm. characteristics in different people that are really hard to, if not impossible, and sometimes contradictory to have in the same person that ultimately, and a lot of times it's also about status. Like, what will my friends think if I'm dating this person? Well, you know what? What do you, what makes you laugh? Who's making you feel like you want to come at home and you feel safe and happy <laughs> and like, and you know, you can build something mm-hmm. real. And it's, it's ultimately <laughs> focusing on the, the over all collected variable picture versus trying to cherry pick different things out of different people. Well, and and I think that's absolutely correct. And as mm-hmm. Niall said before, you know, and uh, several of you that it does <laughs> flow over into choices no. or picking apartments in real estate or deciding and commitment adverse, as Rachel said. So you know, there are lots of reasons why um, we New Yorkers, I think, are very different just by nature of living in New York City. And we all come from places outside of the city, which is very interesting. And Rachel and I talked a lot about this last month. You know, you can be, you know, come from the suburbs, you can come from other cities, you can come from anywhere in the country. But when you come into New York and you live in New York City, you become just a So a how long do you person. think it takes somebody to go from that smaller-minded mentality, like smaller town, smaller place mentality of dating 
and in oh. non-New Yorker mentality in general to becoming a New Yorker once you move here. I think it's just fascinating oh, that's to see an individual how long thing. do you yeah. think it, it really takes people I to I think change. it's an individual thing, but I also yeah. want to say I think it happens fairly quickly and for a yeah. lot of reasons. I think when people first come to this town, they're enamored with the fact that I'm now in New York City. I'm living in New York City. I've always wanted to be in New York City. Everybody has their it's reason. It's also a certain personality that comes to New York City. <laughs> There's that certain yeah. personality that comes here. This is certainly not for everybody. I have siblings who I maybe one would live here full time if if the opportunity presented, but the other two forget no it. No way, no yeah. way. Yeah. And so I'm like, here for thirty something years, so it's like <laughs> they know New York City, right. right? Right. I think a person who's going to have the issues that Pruel was outlining would have them in Atlanta or Philadelphia or Chicago or in Birmingham, Alabama. <clears throat> you know, if you're looking for the impossible and you've got these high ideals, versus just but really when you have kind lesser of, choices. You you figure it out and you appreciate more when you get 80, 90 percent in one person. Yeah, but how many people, whether here. you're in the middle of billions of people or not, if people are really looking for somebody that will be a fit, that something can really happen with. It doesn't matter if you're with 9 billion people or in a city with 6,000. I mean, the the fit is going to be there if it is. But anyway, what I, what I wanted to wrap it up with is that there's a line that says, if God is the water, get your feet wet every day. Just your damn toes. So – Get over yourself and jump in the water. Up, that's, I mean, come that, on. No, that's a very good way of, of putting it, and I totally agree with you. Oh you don't God. know until you know, and so yeah. test it out if it works, but yeah. whatever. Anyway, so we're, we're done for the day. That is Good Morning New York for this week. We are back next Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific Time Live. You can always catch the show later in the day on podcast or anytime on our website, voiceamerica.com. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we will be right back here next time. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. (laughs) 